Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Hi, right, everybody. Welcome back. Final hour. Don't all applaud at once. It's always good when we get Kevin Lehman on the show. Uh, he joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. And it's uh, even better when we are talking about the coaches versus cancer gala. And uh, Kevin is uh, all part of that for Friday night. Uh, the media will be have an opportunity to chat with all the coaches and everything on Friday. Kevin joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Hi, hey, man. How are you? Hey, Jimmy. I'm doing good. Have a great spring. Hope you are also. Uh, now that the rain has kind of cleared out, yes, it's much better now, pal. Uh, let's get into this. This is, what, the 10th year for this? The 10th year, yes. And it kind of got started when Greg McDermott was at Northern Iowa and his wife, Teresa, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. Uh, and Dale Howard stepped forward. He uh, was a car dealer, but an old-time coach at, at uh, Ellsworth and Iowa Central. And they got this thing off the ground. Jimmy, they have raised $2.8 million in the last nine years with this gala. Wow. And all this money goes to research, cancer research, to find a cure. And most of it is uh, located here at the U of I where they do uh, the research center for cancer. Well, I've been to the event a couple of different times. Uh, I know Krista, who I know you know very well, uh, does a wonderful job with this event each and every year. I love what you guys do out there. For people interested, are there still tables available, some seats available, or you guys sold out again this year? Well, there's some seats available this year, so if you're interested, you can go on to the website coachesfirstcancergala.com, and you can log on there and get some seats or a table. It's going to be this Friday, and it starts with a social hour at 6 o'clock. Of course, the coaches come in a little bit earlier, and they have a media day with the coaches, a good time to catch up on the recruiting and what's going on with uh, Coach McCaffrey, Coach Prohm, Jacobson, and, of course, a chance to meet the new Drake coach, mm-hmm. Coach Medved. Um, so you got Ben there, Fran, Nico, and Steve. Look, all these guys are known for being really good guys. I mean, not not just basketball coaches, Kevin, but really good guys. And they put their heart and soul into this thing, right? They do, Jimmy, and they, these coaches, you know, we see them on air screaming at officials, but right. they do such a good job of being out in the community and promoting things like Coaches vs. Cancer. And this was started you know, in 1991 with Norm Stewart when he was diagnosed with cancer. He kicked this off, Coaches vs. Cancer, and because of what we said, the coaches kind of had a bad rep. And this guy coaches back involved in the community, of course, Fran McCaffrey, you talked to him, it was up close and personal with him when Patrick McCaffrey was diagnosed with cancer, I believe it was two years ago. So everybody has either been touched by cancer, they know somebody that has been, they have a relative, it's going to touch all your lives in one way or another. Well, always a great event, love it, and uh, what you guys have done throughout it, Kevin. Uh, but we're going to move off that, and we're going to go to the actual hardwood. Before we get to the locals, did you see where old friend Trey Dickerson ended up after playing at South Dakota last season, saw him in the NIT against his former team, the Hawkeyes? Did you see where he's going to play his final season? Georgetown Hoyas yeah. for Patrick Ewing. Yes. 
that uh, that was a surprise yesterday when it came across Twitter to me. There's a young man that's been well-traveled. Yes. This will be his fourth school. And high school-wise, I think he played at three or four high schools as well. Trent, I think you're right. I think he did bop around. So <laughs> grass does not grow underneath that young man's no, feet. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Hey, speaking of that, now this is just you know a, a one-year kind of deal there, a fifth-year grad transfer for Trey Dickerson. But I don't think we've talked about old Patrick Ewing taking over that job at Georgetown. Is, is that going to work? Well, we've seen a number of former professional athletes try to a step in at their alma mater. Clyde Drexler, I remember, he spent one year at Houston, and he was out of there. It might have been two years. Boy, it's uh, – I hope it does for Patrick, because I really think he is a, a genuine person, and what a great talent he was. And to go back to your alma mater, kind of relive that and rekindle that flame, I, I hope it does work out for him. And the Big East needs Georgetown to be good. Oh, right? they do. Yeah. And they need St. John's to be good, too. Oh, no question, because I always watch that 30 for 30 where you have St. John's versus Georgetown in that famous sweater game uh-huh. where George, John Thompson pulled off that sweater that looked like Luke Carter second. God, it was great. I'll, I'll never forget that. It was it was awesome. Kevin, as far as locally, you got Peter Jock. Uh, he's headed to the Combine. Um, is this a uh, – so is Monte Morris. Is this a uh, a case where – these guys, are they going to participate or are they going to like go through the motions a little bit and just do the interviews? You got any insight on that? Well, I don't, but I would think if I was those guys, I would want to participate because they're, I don't see where Peter Jock's been projected. I know Monte Morris are talking about early second round. I think they can only help their draft stock to, get to, to participate in these types of things. Yeah, it, it can only help. I mean, it's just the top-level guys that, for the most part, sit out right. unless an injury comes out. You know, Jack initially was uh, not invited. He was on the, the list of reserves because of some of those top names that decided to pull out. He's going to get an opportunity. Let's take a look at those guys each individually. Peter Jock, is it come down to the old thing that we seemingly say a whole lot? Just going to find one team that falls in love with that shooting and going to take a shot on him, or... Do you think there's going to be multiple teams that are going to be involved in Peter Jack? I really think with his ability to shoot the basketball, the fact he does not need much room to get it off, quick release, six foot five. We've seen the NBA go the way with the three point line led yep. by the Warriors. I think this is a guy that's going to help a team because the size and ability. He's got to improve at the defensive end. We saw him do that last year as a senior. His ball has improved. I think Peter Josh got a legitimate shot to stick with somebody. Okay, Monte Morris, on the other hand, uh, I would say surefire. Well, you know, if he's not a starter in the NBA, wouldn't he be a fantastic backup for you? Yes, yes. The guy is, we know what translates, Jimmy, the ability to handle the basketball, not turn over, that translates as you go up every level. Monte Morris is a guy that I would bring off the bench as my backup point guard because he's not going to kick it away. Mm-hmm. You know, the floor seemingly is very high for him. At the very least, he's going to be an adequate backup point guard in the league. But because of that, and we know how much NBA teams, they draft for the future, they they look at ability down the line, they, they try to kind of push forward what a guy is going to be. Could that maybe hurt him and, and he drops a little bit lower come NBA draft time than some people expect? 
Well, I think when you look at the point guards coming out, Alonzo you know, Ball comes to mind. These guys got some size, six four, six five, and Monte at you know at six two. That may hurt him a little bit, but uh, his ability—he's done over four years to run a team, to handle basketball, and to make big shots when you need to. I think what you put people around him that can score. He would have an outstanding NBA career. Mm-hmm. Having a conversation with Kevin Lehman right now on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. A guy who has had a wonderful uh, NBA career out of Pella, Iowa, Kyle Corver. And once again, he displayed his skills yesterday, scores 18 points, 16 in the second quarter in Cleveland's win at Toronto in closing out the Raptors. Kevin, when you watch Corver, look, he's, what, 35 now. He still delivers when the basketball is placed to him when he is open. It's been an amazing story from a kid from Pella. Yeah, and I can tell you a backstory on sure. that. I was recruiting I was recruiting Kyle Corver uh, when he was coming out of high school. Actually, between his junior and senior, I was at Nebraska-Omaha. I knew his dad and his uncle. They played at Central College. I played against him. So he was going to stop and visit our campus in Omaha as he flew out to a big tournament in Vegas. Had a time constraint, didn't make the visit. I'm sitting out in Vegas watching him. My assistant texted and said, how's he doing? I said, Kyle Corver just hit eight trees in the first half. Cross him off a recruiting list, we'll never touch him. That stings. And, and the rest, they say, is history. Wow. It, look, you've, you've followed him. He's been an NBA All-Star. Um, and he doesn't look like he's slowing down. D- does he look any different to you? Well, that's a, a fact of a guy who's done a great job of taking care of his body, eating mm-hmm. right. Uh, you know, he did some of that training, the field training years ago. Those things really help longevity in the career. And he's got that special skill set, guys, where he can score and he's got length to do it also. Then you put guys around him like he has with the Cavs. Boy, it's like a kid in a candy store. Well, Kevin, uh, from that, I want to take a, a peek forward at next year, the Big Four. And, and we've talked about that a bunch since the end of the regular season and postseason and, and kind of pushing forward here. Iowa State, still a bit of work in progress. They got a, another fifth-year grad transfer that – just uh, started to come on campus for a visit from Princeton uh, today, in fact, that he's on campus there. But starting with the Cyclones, you know, kind of the great unknown. They swung and missed at some of the big prospects that they're after, both at the junior college level and the transfer market here. Uh, how do you look at this Iowa State roster right now? Well, I think the Cyclones know who they are. They're going to go in the scratch transfer route. They're going to look for uh... – other transfers, junior college players, not really focusing on the high school guys, although they got some good ones coming in in that backcourt with Wayington and Lewis and McNeil. But they got to get some front-line help. But I still think Steve Prome, I think this year was he did an outstanding coaching job. And anyone who doubts that he's the right guy for the Cyclones, I think he disproved him this year. And I really think if Iowa State can land one or two or more of these transfers, this is another NCAA tournament team. Hmm. Interesting that you would put that much stock in it, yet Steve Prome is pretty much going to have to build this one from scratch. Well, he's got Jackson. He's got Salma Young to build, build around. Right. He's got Cameron Lard that's been in there. 
Yeah, but he's the, but he's the great unknown, though. Large, the great unknown. Or do you or do you have, you got inside info on him? Well, a lot of unknowns, Jimmy. But if you look at the Big Twelve, Kansas is reloading. Yeah, and we know they're doing well. West Virginia is going to be good, guys. Who are you going to pick third and fourth? Baylor. They seem to reload. Oklahoma is going to be better, but I think Iowa State still be in the top half of that division. Wow. I think Texas. I think uh, TCU is going to get better. Yeah. But Texas is still an unknown. Oklahoma State changing coaches again. What's Tech going to do? What's Kansas State going to do? I, I still think they have an opportunity to be in the top half of the Big 12. And if you're in the top half of the Big 12, you're an NCAA tournament team. Now, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And the the chance is still there for Iowa State to big, make a, a big leap this year and still stay up there and going to come down to probably what happens in the non-conference, how good of a start they can get off to with these new guys. And, and there's going to be some pressure on Lindell Wigington as well. I mean, we've, we've heard about his rise up the recruiting rankings, finishes up as a Rivals 5-star and a top 25 player nationally. They need him to be ready to go right from the beginning. Well, and kids out of Oak Hill Academy have transitioned well into the college level. That is a big-time program, and they're playing at a high level. But, but he's got to step up. And, guys, and I think Donovan Jackson can run that point guard for him. We saw some really good sparks out of him. But it's going to come, what can they do with that four spot and that five spot? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, you're absolutely right about that. Is there a team in the Big Ten? I think I'm sure most Hawk fans are pretty excited about next year, and, and rightfully so. But do you think that they are not there yet? In other words, Michigan State, uh, who, who else? Minnesota, with Minnesota Northwest, Northwest, Yeah, all of those teams right now. Do you have them in front of Iowa? Well, I think you would throw Maryland in there, too. Oh, okay. I think. I think Iowa is a upper division team in the Big Ten. Once again, that's going to get you in the NCAA tournament. If you look at Iowa, Peter Jock is gone, but these freshmen this year really proved themselves. Most players make the biggest improvement between freshman and sophomore year. I look for Tyler Cook to be better. Bohannon, they need more solid, get a little more strength. We know what Bear can do. My concern is, though, ability to shoot the three ball with Jock gone. Ellis is going to have to step up. Moss has to improve his game. They need him to step up in a big way. They need those guards as a whole to all kind of take a step forward, improve defensively from Bohannon. They need the consistency out of Moss. They need something off the bench from the other guys. And, and it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, with that, the Hawkeyes will not have an extra guard back there, Connor McCaffrey, next year. Uh, said uh, about a, what, a week and a half ago mm-hmm. now that he is going to concentrate on baseball year number one of campus. Your reaction to that, Kevin? I kind of saw that coming because most people thought that his real career was in baseball. And I even, though if he did stay with the Hawkeye team, I wasn't surprised to see him registered because that backcourt, they've got a lot of bodies back there. You know, we haven't talked about uh, the other guards that, that they've got coming back. Macy Daly's going to be back. Be interesting to see what Williams does, Christian Williams, how much he improves with that great length. But guys, we talk about this every year. They have to get better defensively. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Hawks always have those lapses at the defensive end. We know they can score. They get their running game going. They're really hard to stop. But can they get a lockdown defender? Can they make stops down the stretch when they need to? 
All right, pal, before we let you run, let's recap here what you have going on on Friday. Coaches versus Cancer Gala. Tell everybody where it is. You can still get uh, tickets. Is that correct? That is correct. It's going to be at the Ron Pearson Center in the West, off West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. We've moved it. We had it uh, down at the uh, Iowa Events Center last couple of years. and usually did it on a theme with the Kentucky Derby, but it's a week later this year. You can still get tickets. Go on coachesversecancergala.com or get a hold of Crystal Walsh, and you can get tickets. We'd love to have you join. It's a great event. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have live auction, silent auction. The coaches, there's always a little deal with the coaches on stage. So come and join us. You won't regret it. Uh, that's great stuff, kid. Always good to talk to you. Enjoy that event, pal. We'll look forward to talking to you more. All right, guys, and don't be strangers this summer. We can talk hoops in the summer. Yes, there is no doubt. Are you going to make yourself out to the primetime league a time or two? Well, you know, I coached in that thing for 14 years, Trent, and uh, <laughs> when I left, I think the World University Games in Korea two years ago, it kind of gave me an out. So uh-huh. I'm now just an observer and, of see, that league. See, that's what I do, and I, I observe. That's an important part, man. You have to be an observer. Yeah, well, you know, people put a little more credence in coaching in that league. Actually, you're calling timeouts and substitutes. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that from the stands. Yeah. <laughs> they can invite me over. I could even do that. Yeah, yeah you can. Thank you, pal. The whole key, the yeah. whole key of that league is the draft, guys. It's yeah. the draft. We like to have a little bit of fun during the summer. We do our own mock draft and uh, see how our teams pull out. So we'll do that with you uh, coming up right before the draft comes out. All right, Kevin? All right, guys, sounds like a blast. You guys have a good day. See you, you Kevin. Too. There you go. Kevin Lehman, uh, once again, it's uh, coaches versus cancer. Uh, the coaches will arrive there around 4.30. Uh, they will be available then for media interviews and then, of course, the big gala. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment of the day here on a uh, Monday, which started out rainy and gloomy, and now we've caught a little break with the sun, which is always kind of nice. Um, let's kind of do what we've been doing uh, this past week, and that was kind of getting into where your attention will be. Will you start this evening with the Golden State-Utah game <laughs> in the NBA? Oh, God, no. Will you start with no, the no, Stanley no, Cup no, final, no, Washington-Pittsburgh? No, no, no. Will you start with your Minnesota Twins? They're off, so no, I will not be doing that. Then what the hell are you going to watch? Are you just changing diapers? No, the Cubs. The what? The The who? The Chicago Cubs. You mean the team that just got swept at home by the Yankees? Exactly, exactly. An important (laughs) series for them, and... uh, well, it is time for a lot of people out there to be hitting the panic button. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... And here's the thing. You know, when they got off to just kind of a ho-hum yeah, start, right. yeah. it was not really a big deal. You had Cincinnati out there, and right. Cincinnati still in first place after they've won five consecutive, but... It's the Reds. No Cubs fan is nervous that the Reds are going to no. win 95 games and win this division. I'm with you. But the difference, the Cardinals got off to that atrocious start. They were 3-9. and nine. Their bullpen was an absolute disaster. Yep. And now that they have come and they have turned it around and they look like the Cardinals and they can swing it and they can throw it and they are what we normally expect out of the St. Louis Cardinals. With the Cardinals now sitting there playing much better themselves... I think some Cub fans out there are kind of looking at it and saying, all right, now this is a team that we need to be a little bit more nervous about. So what's going on? You know, you, you get swept by the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees are good, but this team, it just 
it's not the same. It's not what we saw a year ago. The ridiculous start that they're off to, twenty six and nine, mm-hmm. and really could coast from there. They had one bad stretch a year ago. That's right. In the middle of the season, they yep. went five and fifteen. Yeah. But outside of that, they were just ridiculously good throughout the whole year, and that's not the case. The Brett Anderson experience has not turned out very good. Correct. Uh, they talked about some different things that they can do now. Eddie Butler, who we've seen with the I Cubs, you know, there's a lot of conversation about this guy. Can they? kind of build him back up people equate it to Jake Arrieta that's well and good but but also the expectations of finding a Jake Arrieta a guy that was a failed starter in a place Mm -hmm. and then turn into the guy that he is those kind of things don't happen but Eddie Butler at the very least could turn into a guy that you slide into that number four number five right he'd be good with that so don't have your expectations there have your expectations be, hey, maybe we can figure this guy out. He has pitched very well for the Iowa Cubs up until this point. We'll see what kind of move they're going to make. We haven't heard anything yet today. Uh, after the long game last night, you have to expect that maybe they're going to be looking at bringing in at least another bullpen arm, mm-hmm. something like that, to help him out after 18 innings of baseball. That's a long time. Did you make it, Jimmy B? Uh, to where? To the end of the game? To the, to the 18th. Come on. Come on. I was watching, you're, you're, a, I was watching a movie. A movie? What movie was Jimmy B. watching last week? Uh, actually, it was The Old King Kong. The Old King Kong? The original from like 1937, black and white. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fay Ray. How did it look when you went in the movie theater? Well... When you brought your best gal on your arm. To be, to be honest with you, back then I was smoking cigars in the movie theater. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I don't see, I don't see this team... Maybe until it warms up, people are freezing their butts off in Chicago. They have zero warm weather. This team, it seems to me, is waiting for warmer weather what? so that they feel better They're about waiting playing. For, that, that They're is waiting your for warmer weather. Opinion I'm trying that to... the Chicago Cup. Wait, yes. wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Jim Brinson yes. says that the Chicago Cubs yes. are waiting for warm weather. Yes. That's what you got for us? That's it. Maybe I you should have watched a bit of the ball game. I tried. Last I night. did watch some of it. I did. I saw them. I saw them tie it up in the ninth. So, and then I checked out for a while, and then I came back, and they were still playing. I went back to the movie. I came back. They were still playing. I said, "Screw it! I'm going to watch the end of the movie." So, a guy that has called Major League Baseball games, correct considers himself a professional. That is correct. Your expert opinion, yes. Is that they're waiting for warm weather. That is correct. So they're not trying because it's too cold? No, I just think they're frozen to the bone and they just can't play as well as they could play oh, if it was 80 degrees. They, they had, what, heaters while the Yankees were out there? Look, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with something because right now they're just mediocre. They're a mediocre team. Sure. So all I can say is is they need something to happen. So... A kick in the pants isn't going to change anything. Uh, shuffling the lineup, not going to shuffle the lineup. So what else can you do? I I got it. Warmer weather. That's it. <laughs> Good God. Warmer weather. Warmer weather. I'm just trying to help people out here. So Cubs fans don't start jumping off bridges. So that's what they need to be waiting for. Warmer, Warmer weather. Warmer weather and it'll all turn that's around. That's correct. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. That's a astute analysis right there. Yeah, that is something. That well, it's is certainly you've never heard that before. I have not. Okay, so I that's, have not, Jimmy B. That is warmer uh, weather. Is it?
All right, here's the thing. Okay, go ahead. We'll go real then. Okay, go ahead. We know that the first inning has been a disaster. <laughs> I mean, the, the starter's ERA has been, I mean, it's it's around nine. No, I was just going to say it's almost double figures. You know, it, you can't get by with that. The offense has taken a step back. Yeah. Are the reasons, is it really just as simple as it's a hangover? I mean, we see this happen a lot in baseball. After a team gets to the playoffs, uh-huh. especially a young group, and you're, it's like, yeah, we'll show up and we'll be good enough. Yeah, yeah. Reading the press clippings. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's that. I mean, it's hard d- d- not d- to. Reading pl- press clippings, mean, it's an old adage, but what does it mean? Do you, do you think guys are sitting reading the newspaper no, saying, no, I don't need no, to put in work today? No. Look, they're saying good things about no, it. Here's, I, no, here's what it means. I, I don't believe in that. Yeah. It means that, look, look what we accomplished. We did something that nobody else could do in a Cubs uniform for 108 years. And all we really got to do is get off the bus. And because we are as good as we think we are, and they're good, that if we show up on the field, we're most likely going to win. Well, that hasn't been the case so far this season. That's just not, it hasn't happened. But teams want to beat the Cubs last year. I mean... No, it's just, it, and it's I I don't I can't believe. Are you, are you that. buying the hangover thing? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, you're getting everybody's best shot, but reading press clipping, it's Chris Bryant's not doing less work. Anthony Rizzo isn't doing less work. No, I Cash Schwar- these guys, they're still incredibly hard workers. You talk to anybody in that organization, yeah. they're not resting on their laurels. So. That's when I hear you're reading your press clippings. That's what I think. That's oh right. no, I look at it differently from that aspect. Look, these guys are good. We know they're good. They'll eventually get out of the funk. And I'll I'll, I'll give you the example. About uh, what February, maybe maybe February March. Didn't people say up oh, Cleveland Cavaliers can't play defense? Mm-hmm. Can't they're they're not they're not the same team as they were. Latin. Now look at them. Okay, to me, that's kind of what the Cubs are doing right now. There's coasting. They're, yeah, They're yeah. Coasting. That's a good. That's a good terminology. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a better way of looking yeah. at it. Not the warm weather thing. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. Okay, I'm just checking the okay. warm weather. Not so much. Okay, all right. Defensively, and that's something that I brought up quite a bit here throughout throughout this season, is because I, I read something right before the year, and it's not that the Cubs still are not. Of good defensive team because they are. Uh, uh, yeah, even with are. Schwarber and he had great play last. Great night. play last night. But even with Schwarber, you know he is uh, he's a minus defender. He, he can be yeah. adequate. But yeah, he's all right. He's not going to win a Gold Glove out there right. in left field. We we know that. Yeah. But and Almarin Center is ridiculously good. We know Javi Baez and mm-hmm. his exploits. And we can go all the way through the lineup. Is a good defensive team. But last year they were historically good, historically good. And even if you regress back and you're still a top five defense, even with that, your pitchers are going to take a step back too because you just can't sustain that level that they're playing defensively. And I think that's a big part with the starters ERA you know, over a run worse than it was a year ago at this time and all these different numbers that are out there. I just think defensively that that is something that is a big part of it here. It's not that they're not good defensively anymore. But they're just not as good as that ridiculous level that they're at. And, and sometimes people miss that part of it and everyone loves to kill uh, Lackey and Anderson and, oh, I know. And, and go through all the different starters of the team and why they're not as good as they were last year. Well, part of that's not just because uh, they're leaving balls out over the plate and things like that. It's because the defense behind them isn't as good. 
And I think that's a big piece of this. And I don't know if that's something that you can recapture just because that level was something that we hadn't seen in decades. Mm -hmm. A team playing that well defensively, covering that much ground as a whole, all these different things. You have that. Wilson Contreras now behind the plate a lot more. You lose David Ross, who was a very good defensive catcher. You don't get Miguel Montero uh, behind the plate nearly as much as he was a year ago, especially early on. So uh, those kind of things. Contreras trying to figure out the pitchers. Some of these guys he hadn't worked with a whole lot, especially last season, because he was basically kind of in there later on in the year, and now he's going to be out there for 120, 130 games this Mm -hmm. season and trying to figure out exactly how he wants to work with this pitching staff. It's a culmination of a lot of different things. I thought last week maybe going to Fenway would be something to kind of light that fuse. And then, well, this weekend, you got the Yankees in town. Right. It's a big series and all these different things. This is what's going to ignite them. Still not happening. The Yankees showed up. Maybe it's going to be you need uh, an incident like we saw with the Red Sox and the Orioles. You know, something to kind of galvanize the group together once again, get everybody on the same page, something like that. You need a bit of a beanball war. Maybe it's going to be, you know, the Cardinals coming in for a big series and the excitement of that and knowing that you're playing for a division and those kind of things because the Red Sox and Yankees series, as big and as fun as they were, that wasn't anything that's ignited this team. It just, there's something amiss. There's something a little bit off. It's not time to hit the panic button, anything like that. They're still too talented to even worry. And even with the division and, and the mention of the Cardinals, this team is too good right. to really get bogged down on the day-to-day minutia that happens over the course of 162. But for me, just something a little bit off. And I, I'm waiting for that, and we'll see, man. Road trip, getting back out on the road. Colorado coming up uh, for the next three, seeing what happens. And they're going to be on the road a lot. I, I believe I saw today... I think it's 19 of their next 25. That's a lot of games on the road. Are on the road. So there's going to be a team that's going to be together a lot. And uh, maybe that's what it is that gets them going. Again, they're too talented to get overly concerned. But just something doesn't seem right with them. That's how I look at it right now. You know, it's one of those things where it's a long season. That's why they play 162 games. And I never get too high or too low uh, about teams until you start getting past the all-star break. And then it starts to shake a little bit. So, look, if you're a, if you're a Cubs fan, don't be freaking because they got swept by New York. I just, I just think that eventually they'll put it together sooner or later. And they'll find a way to win the division, and then all bets are off in the playoffs. We know that because mm-hmm. anything then can happen in the playoffs. I mean, hell, they could get swept in the playoffs. Yeah, they just showed that <laughs> that that could happen. So look, it's it's what May first part of May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no reason to uh, head for your closest bridge, right? But you have to admit something seems different, right? What's different? They're playing the same guys they played last year. Right. Okay, right. the same and guys are in their positions. They're not 25-9, and nine, are they? No, they are not. That's what they were a year ago. Yeah. They're not that. But that was an incredible start. Yeah. It really was. I didn't expect them to start like that. Look, no. I, you look at the standings today, Cincinnati, and then the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not like they're you know, floundering eight games out of first place here. Sure. That's sure. not that's not the case. Right. But what is the case is that Cubs fans I think a lot expected 
how the season began last year. And, no, and thought, I, I, I and disagree thought, with that. No, I, I, I do. I think I don't felt, think there's think one Cubs fan were, out there that thought oh, they yeah. were going to start twenty five oh, and nine. Him. I've heard them. You don't go to the refreshment stands. You should hear him at the refreshment stands complain. Right, that Did, they would be that they that they should be five games up by now at least. That's but different. But they're not. That's different. That's my point. Right, but that's different. That's different than getting off to a historic start like they did last year. I agree, but I think a lot of Cubs fans believed that once again they're just going to start rolling right from the gate, and why, and so, that has and that hasn't been the case. I mean, why, why wouldn't a fan base think that? It's not like this because it, it's it, baseball. It's not the Marlins. It's you not tell the '97 me. Marlins uh, that got plucked apart. I know. It's the same. You're bringing the band back together, so. Why wouldn't a Cubs you, fan expect them to play a lot me, better than they are You right tell now? me all the time, Jimmy B, it's baseball. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens different in baseball. And I've bought into that since you have banged it on my noggin so many times. That's why. So if you're a reasonable fan, why wouldn't you believe then that you could have this sort of beginning at the beginning of the year? It's not that they're not winning at the level. It's the way they're playing. The strikeout, it's just, they're not playing well. That's the concern. Right. It's, you love to just look at the standings, but you got to go deeper than that. You have to go deeper and watch this team, and, and something just, it doesn't look right. And that's where the concern is. It's not, oh, that we're not playing at 800 baseball right now. I mean that Rizzo's hitting below the Mendoza line? Right, right. It's that. <laughs> it's Schwarber, you know? Yeah, I know. All, all last year. Yeah. Can't trade Schwarber. Can't do it. Can't do it. Well, what's he hitting right now? One eighty-two. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, that's what it is. This team, the the rotation, fourth and fifth spots are a mess. Arietta, uh, what's the future with him? Lester's the only guy that you feel confident about. Uh, Hendricks, uh, is a guy that put up ridiculous numbers last year, mm-hmm. and, and he's regressed back. That's the concern. That that's the issue right now. It's not the record. It is the way that they're playing, and and that's I think where the concern is with Cubs fans. They don't care that Cincinnati's above them right now. No, no. uh -uh. That's not what it is. They're worried about their team. Their team. And they don't look good. That's the concern, Jim. Told you, warm weather. (laughs) That'll make a big difference. So you're uh, pumped up for Utah, Golden State tonight? No, but I am pumped up about Washington and Pittsburgh. Especially after what the Capitals did over the weekend to keep that alive. Because that series, it just doesn't do much. So sell me tonight. Why I should check into the NHL okay. and watch Caps Penguins? An opportunity for the Pittsburgh Penguins to eliminate the team with the President's Cup trophy, the overall best record in all of the NHL, on the verge of being eliminated. And once again, that you have referred to on this show, has never made it to a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, doesn't this happen every year with the it's, Capitals? It's, that's my point. So here, <laughs> that's they, my point. So, so, so why so should I be excited? They're going to, down this road again. I've so, seen this thing happen yes. a dozen times over the past two decades. Why? Why am I excited so about this one? Tune in tonight to see if it happens again. Yeah, that's I've my already, point. I've already seen this song and dance. <laughs> I've watched this movie. I don't like this movie. Oh look, Ovechkin. Turn in again. Ovechkin can't get to the conference finals. Hey, he, had, he, he, played, he played great. He played great in the game the other uh, the other day over the weekend to make it a three-two advantage. Advantage for the Penguins. So it's the Pens and the Caps tonight. Uh, I will indeed sample that. Will I sample baseball? 
What did you want to watch? You wanted to watch the Cubs in Colorado? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Rockies are playing incredibly well. Remember, that was one of my that wild card picks. That was one of your picks. wild card picks. Yeah. I almost fell off the chair when you said uh-huh. that. There they are, sitting in first place in the West. they got that going on. Pretty good series. Uh, interleague series also starts tonight. I'll be keeping my on. You going to Washington-Baltimore? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. The two teams that uh, ownership groups certainly don't like each no, other. No, they do not. Uh, it was Angelos back in the day, so yes. upset about Washington coming Coming there into the yeah, They're yeah. going to take all of our fans. you got to remember, I worked there, and, and Baltimore owned that marketplace. Well, of course. I mean, that was, they were the only team. team, yeah. Senators were gone. They were gone to Texas. So they had owned that area, that whole Baltimore-Washington corridor, the Mid-Atlantic, forever. And then when they were approved a franchise, oh, man. Oh, it was on then between the owners, big time, big time. But that's that's a good ma- that's a good uh, matchup tonight. And I don't know if uh, have you seen the latest on uh, Harper? He's been out the last few games. Zeke, he's got a groin strain, mm. so I don't know if he's going to uh, play or not. But uh, oh, by the way, Jason Worth has found his home run stroke. So <laughs> yeah. look out, kids! <laughs> not just his home run stroke. He, I mean, he's the best hitter in baseball oh, God, right now. He's <laughs> just powdering everything. That can't keep up. We see Jason Worth. <laughs> That's not going to keep up for the rest of the year. Uh, let's see. Locally, we got the Cards. They're down in Florida. Right. Carlos Martinez takes the bump after uh, cutting those dreads yeah. and finally getting a victory his last time out. He'll go out there, sands the dreads once again. Royals at Tampa. You talk about a series. Oh, boy. The Royals, uh, yeah, that rebuild that we talked about, it looks like it's It's going to be It's on, and it's going to be on early. Yes, absolutely. That one doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, Late night, Pirates, Dodgers, no. Angels, A's, no. No. Uh, Yankees at the Reds. Reds, yeah. Eh, Decent. Yeah. Decent. Cincinnati's an incredibly surprising start. Of what the Reds have done. I mean, when we came into the year, nobody figured that Cincinnati would be a team that would be certainly doing what they're doing right now. Right. And uh, over the weekend, the way they just dominated the Giants, we know the Giants have been going the wrong way. Uh, been uh, certainly not one that I anticipated. Votto's got nine homers already. Uh, they, they've kind of they pieced together. After last year, their bullpen was historically bad. Itself. Yes, it, it was. It was incredibly bad. They've gone with a lot of different guys. Uh, they've been starting a bunch of different people. It's been uh, kind of a just a mishmash of guys that you look at and say, who are these dudes? But mm-hmm. they're playing good baseball. Yeah, Playing good are. baseball, and we'll see now with the Red Hot Yankees coming in, uh, what's going to happen in that one coming up tonight. Other than that, Golden State, close them out tonight? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's over. It, it, here's the deal. You have Cleveland with two consecutive closeouts, four straight. Mm-hmm. And Golden State in the West is attempting to mirror what Cleveland is doing. Right. I mean, it's on already between these two teams. It is definitely on. So wake us up when we get there. Yeah. I, I think I said something like that back in October. I think you did. When this thing Can started. Can I just say something about our boy Kyle Korver? Okay. How come he doesn't get any run? There's nothing in the paper about him. The dude is from Pella, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And he's playing... Terrific basketball. He's doing exactly what uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers got him, why they made that deal. And he fits into their system tremendously well. LeBron can't say enough nice things about him in interview sessions. I just don't understand. And you told me, if they didn't play at Iowa or Iowa State, we don't care. 
I mean, not no, 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 no. You kick him to the curb. That is a not true. That's what. That's that's. I remember you saying something. I paraphrase but you said something to that. If they didn't play at Iowa, Iowa State, we pretty much kick him to the curb. That is factually incorrect. What do you remember? What you said? Nothing even close to that. But it doesn't have as much sway. If Kyle Korver would have played at Iowa, Iowa State, would he be getting more run? Yeah, of course he would. But Just he's like from a, the state, from a little right. town, yes, with a real nice main street. That's it. Right, right. But you're you're missing the point. What, what point am I missing? He's from here. Right. But he didn't play. What are the two most important things for what we do, Jim? Uh, those two schools. Yes. That's why. Pretty simple, right? No, it's not to me. He's from here. He's from here. Right. We we understand that. I could have cared less where he played his college ball. If he's from here, he should get coverage. Well, what are you looking at? I mean, I, I don't understand what... You're giving him coverage right now. Yeah, I am. Because we might be the only show that really does. Okay. You I, you want the register? You think they got money to send somebody to follow no, around Kyle not, No, I'm not saying that, but there's like you you looked at it. Well, there's nothing in this rag anyway, but still right. that you would have thought they would have had some I mean, they got some guy with a monster drink uh on the front of the page here who drives a car. Okay. Should have had freaking Kyle Corver who had 16 points in the second quarter broke the game open. So they're going to send somebody for that? No, they don't have to send anything. They've got a lot of national uh, photo systems that they can use to do that. There's nothing in here about the kid. That, that's I, I we guess all know the story. I guess it, <clears throat> he's been in the league for 18 years. I then. know he's made a fortune and yeah. gra- and great for him. Yeah. But when he lights it like that, I thought it deserved something. Well, if he would have scored 34, it'd be different than <laughs> it would have been. A, a guy that scores 16, 16, po- 16 and a quarter. We finished with we've 18. We've told the guy's story. We we've heard it the last two decades. He should have. There should have been at least a picture, at least a picture in the rag. Well, you go down in the fish wrap. Go down and talk to Craiglow, and you you tell him that. I'll tell right? him that. And we'll see how that goes. Let's get out of here. <laughs> right, guys, we're out of here. I'm upset. Crappy NBA tonight. Jim's excited about hockey. I'll be watching the Cubs, and uh, Jim's waiting for the warm weather. That's what's going to turn around. The Chicago That's my prediction. Wow. Warm weather, they get better. Deep thoughts with Jim Brinson. That's it. That'll do it for the show today from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. We'll be back at it tomorrow at noon. Looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to some more hot takes from Jimmy B. You got it, On weather. That all comes your way tomorrow. Jimmy B and TC here on the Big Talker 1700.